Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm for sure watching because I need to see an angsty Alexander Skarsgård try to woo Kara Knightley. I'm sold. I'm watching it. Done and done. Done and done. Welcome to the Fangirls Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie. And we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you. This week we are discussing how we how we are currently surviving Droughtlander. As many of you Outlander fans know, Droughtlander is the space of time when Outlander is not on the air. Us Outlander fans tend to err on the side of the dramatic, mostly because we all think that Jamie is really our boyfriend. So when your fictional boyfriend is out of town... You may have to find a handful of fictional side pieces. So today, we are talking about all the shows that got us through Droughtlander, starting with The Crown. And oh my gosh, guys, we have so much exciting news to tell you about The Crown. Yes. So season five, hopefully, tentatively, is scheduled to start filming in July of 2021. Hopefully, in regards to all the COVID restrictions happening, we're keeping... Keeping our fingers crossed. Yes. Last scene for season five starts with Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana. She is stunning. I cannot wait to see her take on this season for Diana. What else has she been in? Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, who was she? She was a villain. A villain. Okay. Interesting. And what else was she in? Oh, she was also a villain in Man from Uncle. Okay. So I wonder if they're typecasting... A villainous type actress for this role. That's an interesting take. Okay, what else we got? The actress who will be playing Princess Margaret is Leslie Manville. Dominic West will be playing Prince Charles. Interesting. That's going to be good. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. He brings a lot of intensity to every character I've seen him play. He does. A lot of intensity. This is the season that Princess Diana dies. Yeah. So we're going to see a lot of intense scenes, I'm sure. And the newest queen for this season. Get ready, folks. Drumroll. Oh, my gosh. Ready for it? (laughs) Imelda Staunton uh, will be playing your queen. Typecasting kind of in the villainous role. Okay, so Harry Potter fans know this actress as... Dolores Umbridge. Yes. Who was in the fifth movie. As like the, she was hired as the High Inquisitor of Hogwarts and she just wreaked hell all over that school. Across the board. She's like a toad dressed in pink. Jumping in on that. For the love of everything holy and magical. <laughs> please do not let this woman wear pink. Unless you want every Harry Potter fan to be triggered while yeah. watching this season oh, of The Crown. will be triggered. But, I mean, I bet you that she'll be in pink at some point. And it will just be a glorious meme. For seasons to come. Yeah. And, I mean, if you have her in pink while in a scene with Diana. Yeah. that You're setting yourself up for some trouble here, folks. Well, it's interesting that they're casting these two actresses that typically play a villain. Mm-hmm. Like, going head-to-head it, in this season. It's going to be good. Not to discredit Imelda Staunton in any way, shape, or form. She is typecasted into these roles because of how well she does that. She's phenomenal. She yes. nails it left and right. She makes your 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 blood run like cold. 
Absolutely. When she's acting. So I do look forward to see her seeing her in this role. As a very dedicated Harry Potter fan, my first thought was, please don't put her in pink. <laughs> please. That's my one yeah. selfish request to the yeah. universe. Please don't do that to us. It, it'll make us physically nauseous. Right. So, but- Which maybe that's what they want to do. Because this is such a dramatic season when Diana dies and how the queen is portrayed as a villain. Well, yeah, because when Princess Diana died, it took the queen, I think it was like something like 10 days to actually make a statement. And she was seen as very cold, which on the inside, like, you know, privately, they're all probably just dealing with the situation. Exactly. She's allowed to mourn privately. Yes. But I understand the perception as well. Yeah, there was definitely a, it was announced just this week, and we're in April here, that Downton Abbey is going to have a second full-length feature film that is set to be released December 22nd of 2021. Originally, they said around Christmas, but then we saw that the release date is December 22nd. It's going to be directed by Simon Curtis, who is Elizabeth McGovern's husband. And as Downton Abbey fans know, Elizabeth McGovern plays Lady Grantham in the show. All of the original principal cast is set to be returning, except for the ones that were killed off, of course. Plus, Dominic West. Coming in strong. Yeah, he's kind coming sir. in strong. He's going to be in there. I don't know what he's going to play. I mean, this is such a new release of information that they haven't said any sort of, like, storylines. Also, Hugh Dancy. He was in... He's been in a, quite a few things. Um, one of them was Hannibal, which I didn't watch because I don't like, you know, the whole eating people thing. But he's Claire Danes' husband. He's very handsome. So, yeah, he's going to be in it. Okay. So some pretty good eye candy. Here for it. Which we're always here for, the fangirls. Mm-hmm. Love eye candy. So, fun fact, while researching Umbridge slash Imelda Staunton, uh, I had no idea who her family was. So was it? Only to find out her husband is Jim Carter. Who plays Carson on On, Downton Abbey. Yeah. I had no idea. I was today years old when I found this information out. On top of that, you know who their daughter is? Who? Bessie Carter. She plays Prudence Featherington in Bridgerton. No way. Well, okay, so that's why she's so tall. It makes absolute sense. She got the height from her dad. Yes. And she does kind of look like him. The, The nose is the same. I mean, now that you put it that way, yes. There's a, yeah, big resemblance. She doesn't look anything like her mom. I, I never would have guessed who her family was it's at all. It's a small all. world in the acting community over in England. Yes, right. So now we are moving in to the part of our show where we spill the tea. In most episodes, we are specifically talking about one show, you know, storylines that viewers might not know because of books. But today we are talking about a handful of different shows that we watched and we're giving you guys a quick synopsis of the shows that we have been binging since Stroutlander and all through the pandemic. There's not really too many spoilers, but we might share a couple storylines that you don't know during this part. So if you don't like fun, skip to the end. But if you want to hear about some really fun shows that we have been just obsessing over over the past year, then feel free to keep listening. So now I'm tossing the baton to you, Julie, to tell us about. Okay, so as a very big fan of the British monarchy, mm-hmm. and maybe yep. all things British, yes, I would highly recommend The Tudors. Now, I realize this show has been around for quite some time, but 
riding on the heels of the Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, Oprah interview, mm-hmm. I feel like to fully understand how far the English monarchy has come, yeah, you should know their roots, starting with the Tudors. So the Tudors is the story of King Henry VIII and how absolutely nuts he is. Totally and nuts. All of his love affairs, all of his wives. You have an all-star cast, starting with Jonathan Rhys-Meyers, Henry Cavill, Natalie Dormer, Maria Doyle Kennedy, who uh-huh. is our, our Aunt Costa. Yeah. I highly recommend it. You even have Joss Stone in this show. <laughs> she is? Yes. She I've plays... seen every episode. What is she in? She's one of his wives. Yeah, no, she's definitely one of his wives. But again, it's an all-star cast. Again, there's nothing that makes you appreciate today's monarchy more than that that monarchy. Mm-hmm. She's just absolutely nuts. Temper all over the place. But they made him really hot. So you're like, mm, I forgive you because you're so good in bed and you look really great. So, And to that extent, I will say Jonathan Reese Myers will always be my King, King Henry VIII, hands down. Yeah. No can. one can top that. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Wolf Hall with Damian Lewis and he was King Henry VIII as well. And he's very attractive. I but mean, yes, he does Jonathan a good Myers. job yeah. at it. So to be honest, I saw this show when I was in my mid-20s. And that, and I was super late to the game with this show. It actually made me fall in love with historical time periods in general, which made me research historical everything when it comes to shows now. Following the Tudors, I highly recommend the show Rain. Now, Rain is a CW show. It's on Netflix currently, and it follows the story of Mary, Queen of Scots. Mm -hmm. You have a very healthy understanding of why there was so much tension between the British and the Scots, because of this show. Great cast. You have Adelaide Kane, Megan Follows, Craig Parker, and Toby Rigbo. The thing that I think made me fall for this show, that I, the modern classical music. In the first episode, you will see modern classical music of Lords Royals. Oh, you know what it's interesting is as you were talking about the show, and I've seen a few episodes of it, it kind of has that Gossip Girl feel which so does Bridgerton. Yes. And perhaps maybe the music is that common element or whatever. I think it's like the icing on the cake. Yeah. It just ties everything in so well. Then you have the stunning costumes, great storyline. There's four seasons similar to the Tudors. So you guys have plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. Very bingeable. To finish off our English monarchy storytelling here, we have the crown. And unless you've been under a rock I highly recommend you watch this show. It's on Netflix. There's currently four seasons. You have an all-star cast. Do yourself a solid and watch the show. Yeah. And so the format for this show is every two years they cast, they have a completely new cast, the Queen, um, Prince Philip, every two years. So you're getting sections of what, like a decade of time in their lives? Yes. So it's really interesting, really well done, so detailed. You feel like you're there. Absolutely. When you're watching it. They are trying to be as historically accurate as possible. Give or take some. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you can't be personally accurate because you don't know what people are really like on the inside. But as far as events of things that have happened, they're following that chronologically. So that leads us to what I have binged (laughs) during this time. Okay. So in October of 2020, on Netflix, Emily in Paris premiered. This stars Lily Collins, stars as Emily Cooper, who is an American 
who works for an advertising agency in Chicago and then is sent to Paris to work with a very elite and kind of snobbish advertising agency called Savoir in Paris. You see her kind of you know, storm onto the scene with her very crude American optimism. And she doesn't speak any French because her boss was actually supposed to go for her who spoke fluent French, but then finds out she's pregnant and can't go. So she's like, Emily, you go. Her, You see Emily kind of adapt and try to make the best of the situation. And she's very like, she doesn't give up. She has this kind of I'll figure it out attitude. And along the way, she meets a lot of a lot of French hotties. And one of them, who is her neighbor in her apartment building, his name in the show is Gabrielle, who's played by Lucas Bravo. And he's so good looking. He's so cute. And they develop a friendship, but they kind of can't stay away from each other. And then, you know, he's dating someone, but she keeps accidentally kissing him, which is great because who doesn't want to accidentally kiss the French guy that lives a floor below you in Paris? I mean, come good on. argument. And he's a chef, so he cooks too. But it's Sign just, me up. it's just, this show is, is an escapism show. Like it's cheesy, but kind of unapologetically so. Like it's not American cheese. It's like more like Gouda, something that's a little more rich, but it's definitely cheesy. You know, it's, it's very true to that romantic comedy-esque feeling that kind of gives us that jolly go lightly you know, sense of romance that romantic comedies offer very much had a Nancy Myers feel to it. And Nancy Myers has written Father of the Bride, um, The Holiday, like different, like some of your classic favorite romantic comedies. And it kind of gives you that feeling. So Darren Starr actually produced this and he produced the show Younger, which has that very catchy, like fashionable, sort of fun, sexy vibe. And it's super fun. So season two was officially confirmed on November 11th, 2020. They are set to begin filming in May of 2021. So by the time you guys hear this episode, filming will be well underway because we are recording this at the end of April. On to the next show. In January of 2021, Miss Scarlet and the Duke premiered on Prime Video as a masterpiece classic show. Okay, so this is a six-part mystery miniseries. It is so good and very fast paced. It follows the story of Eliza Scarlett, who's played by Kate Phillips. She was in Peaky Binders and a few other things. So she's facing poverty when her father suddenly dies. And this is taking place in the late 1800s. So unless you've got a husband, you don't have a way to have money because you're not really allowed to have a job. So she picks up where her father left off. He's a detective, so she keeps her business going. Detective William Wellington is a friend of hers, and he's known to his friends as the Duke, and he kind of becomes Eliza's unlikely mystery-solving partner. They have an interesting relationship. They've known each other for a long time, and they're friends because the late Mr. Scarlet was the Duke's mentor. So he, um, William Wellington is a detective for the police department and he was mentored by Mr. Scarlet. So he kind of feels like a sense of duty to protect Eliza. She kind of doesn't take no for an answer. She's like, I'm going to be a detective. I don't care if I'm a woman. And he keeps getting annoyed with her because she keeps putting herself in really dangerous situations, but he still kind of lets her be her. She's very unflappable and she's 
plays such a strong female character and yet is still so feminine. And I love that this show is kind of celebrating that women can be both. We can be business women, we can be unflappable, but we can also be feminine and want romance. William and Eliza, they have such good chemistry. And there's like a budding romance there, but kind of like we're annoyed with each other, but I think we're falling in love. Um, it's just super fun. Very apropos. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Renewal for season two was announced on March 30th of 2021. And the pandemic delayed season two because it originally aired in the UK in March of 2020. There's been a little bit of space and time yet. Nothing has been announced as far as dates for filming or season two. It's definitely, it's a must see. It kind of has like a Sherlock Holmes vibe to it with great sexual tension. So sign me up. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay. And so that brings me to Merlin. I've kind of found Merlin out of desperation to fill my time. I was like, I'm, you know, during the pandemic, I'm like, I will watch everything on Netflix. I'm watching, you know, Tiger King. I'm watching everything. Like there was nothing that I would not watch. So that brought me to Merlin because I, you know, we like historical fiction type of shows. Mm -hmm. So this show aired from 2008 to 2012 and has five seasons. It's extremely bingeable and it's like a great filler show. So this rendition of the well-known medieval lore follows a young Merlin and his friendship with a young Prince Arthur before he becomes king. In this show, magic is outlawed, so Merlin has to hide his abilities. Merlin and Arthur have a great friendship. At first, they don't really like each other at all, but they become like the truest of friends. They're a great odd couple. They have a great banter, almost like a Sam Hewen, Graham McTavish, back and forth, men in kilts vibe. But add some magic and, you know, and some chain mail and swords. It's really great. And Merlin's always saving the day, but he gets no thanks because he has to hide the magic he used to save the day. Colin Morgan, who plays Merlin, has won a lot of awards for this role. Bradley James, who plays Arthur. Um, I don't know if he's won anything, but he's definitely some eye candy. He's gorgeous. So that was a great... I'll add it to my queue. I know. It's it's a great bingeable show. Like if you're, you know, cooking or doing laundry, you're like, I don't cook. <laughs> yeah, I don't cook. It's fine. Like when I do laundry. It's a great show to have on. Another Netflix winner was the movie Enola Holmes. Um, Millie Bobby Brown stars as the youngest sibling of the Holmes clan. She contacts her elder brothers, Mycroft, played by Sam Kaplan, and Sherlock, played by Henry Cavill. When her mother goes missing, she's had what you would call a very unconventional childhood and was basically homeschooled Helena Bonham Carter style from birth. So she was taught like how to fight. She was taught history and science and reading, but there was a lot of combat training. So the oldest brother, Mycroft, he thinks he's been giving money to pay for like Enola's proper education and like a carriage and the upkeep of the house. So when the brothers arrive to like this dilapidated English estate, they're like, where has my money all been going? And you'll find out in the movie where it's been going. Enola doesn't know either. So it's really interesting. It It's fun to see Millie Bobby Brown just shine as this character. She really did. I have to say, I loved her playing a strong female character in a very smart role. Yes. And don't get me wrong. I love her in, in Stranger Things. And that's saying a lot because I don't do scary. Yeah. <laughs> so 
but I loved seeing the set locations. I loved the costumes. She absolutely shined in this role. It was confirmed that a second movie is in the works because this is from a book series. Correct. So I don't know how many are in the series. I'll have to look that up. But I mean, there's a potential for a lot of movies. Also, very popular with the teenage crowd is Louis Partridge, who plays Tewksbury, Anola Holmes's love interest, is in this movie. I know that my teenage daughter is obsessed with Louis Partridge. And he's pretty cute. Just a little. She may or may not think she's going to marry him. So it's definitely a must watch because you also have Henry Cavill. I mean, and Sam Cafflin, like the eye candy. Casting was on point. Mm -hmm. It's on point. But I also love that they casted these well-known actors and they're in supporting roles. And Millie Bobby Brown, she is like, you know, she is like the queen of this movie. It's amazing. As a very, I'll say strong Henry Cavill fan. I could have used some more Cavill, but I love what they did with with uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. It made perfect sense. We There is a very high demand for strong female characters, and they casted the right person for this role. Yes. So I can't wait to see where she takes this character. Again, another unflappable female character. There's Absolutely. A theme, there's a theme here. I just wonder how much material they had to use to make Henry Cavill's suit, because like to cover like just the girth of the his muscular arms and shoulders like it just he looked enormous he did he well he's very well built yes to put it mildly yeah he's pretty buff yeah cheers to the to the tailor for that for for all of his costuming needs he's like they didn't have like a big and tall back then (laughs) to just walk into and get a suit like there was a a lot of material was used Mm -hmm. in the making of that suit Okay, another great Netflix movie is the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. I said that without stuttering. First take. Yeah, first take. Get it. So this is also a book, and it was written by Mary Ann Schaefer and finished by her niece, Annie Barrows. It is a post-World War II era story that follows author Juliet Ashton, played by Lily James. She begins exchanging letters with Mr. Dossie Adams, who is played by the sexy Nikhil Hausman, who was in Game of Thrones and Age of Adeline. Yes. He, ooh, eye candy for days on that guy. Mm-hmm. And he lives on the island of Guernsey. So Lily James's character, she starts to feel this un deniable urge to visit Guernsey. She ends up getting a very clear picture of what the German occupation was like on that island. So I read the book after I saw the movie, and it was almost like two different stories. The screenwriters didn't really have a choice in creating their own storyline because the book is just a series of letters with absolutely no dialogue. Oh, you're, you're kind of having to piece the order together in which things happen. So to put that into like a story, movie story setting, these people have to talk to each other. So you have to figure out ways of like, oh, and then they were here talking with each other. And, and so they so started from scratch. They basically started from scratch. You know, it's the same idea where it's this author who typically writes comedy books is she's drawn to this island and she kind of takes on a different sort of writing assignment that, you know, is showing, you know, how World War II wreaked havoc on this island, which is not her typical genre. So her, you know, editor's like, why are you going there? 
don't write this. And she's like, I have to tell this story. So that the essence of the book is there, but the story, they had to create a screenplay. I never would have guessed that. But the familiarity of meeting the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society is the same. And you really feel like you're sitting down with old friends. The storyline just was seamless. Mm -hmm. I never would have guessed the synopsis that you just gave. Yeah. And as someone who has not read the book, I'll put that out there, could not turn away from the movie itself. I was hooked. I saw the trailer for it and put it in my queue immediately. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, another historical timepiece. Yeah. This is going to be good. (laughs) Sign me up. It was really good. I enjoyed every ounce of it. It was a lovely movie. You felt every emotion. You just grieved as you see, you know, loved ones, you know, dying in World War II of different people and just the heaviness of what that was like, but also the hope for the future and like this newness and new love and like starting over. And um, Also it, keep in mind, there is a love story to this. Yes. To this movie as well. Mm-hmm. So you get the best of, of all these pieces that come together with this movie. And that's really what it is, is she is, Juliet Ashton is trying to put these pieces together of what actually happened on the island during that time surrounding the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. She's trying to figure out what exactly happened because they're a little like closed-lipped on some of the details because they've had to be to protect people. So that's what she's doing. And that's what happens in the letters as well as she's trying to piece together this mystery through letters but in the movie we're seeing it play out in real time another post-world war ii movie that i thoroughly enjoyed was the aftermath based on the book by ridian brook story takes place in post-war germany in 1946 rachel morgan played by kira knightley arrives in the ruins of hamburg in the bitter winter to be reunited with her husband lewis played by jason clark a british colonel charged with rebuilding the shattered city but as they set off For their new home, Rachel is stunned to discover that Lewis has made an unexpected decision. They will be sharing the grand house with its previous owners, a German widower played by Alexander Skarsgård, and his troubled daughter in this charged atmosphere enmity and grief. So, Alexander Skarsgård owns this house. Karen Knightley moves in with her husband. I mean, I don't know who Jason Clark is, but I know that Alexander Skarsgård is hot. So obviously she's going to go for that. Am I right? Yes, but because he's German, she's scared out of her mind. Interesting. So she's just like, so we're moving into this house with this German homeowner slash architect. Who may kill us. Like, why are we doing this? Please explain. Yeah. And he explains how he befriended this architect how they're just going to share their, you know, their home is upstairs. We're not going to be anywhere near them. It's totally fine. And Jason Clark's character has to go away for an extended period of time where, and that's where you see the story pick up. Interesting. So what else has Jason Clark been in? Cause I can't picture him. So he was in zero dark 30 along with Catherine the great. Okay. So to sum up the aftermath, you have a great cast stunning costumes, and an absolutely wild ending. This movie is so severely underrated. I highly recommend it to anyone and everyone. Okay. I'm for sure watching because I need to see an angsty Alexander Skarsgård try to woo Kara Knightley. I'm sold. I'm watching it. Done and done. Done and done. 
Now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. This week's Fangirl Spotlight of the Week goes out to Matthew B. Roberts and his phenomenal post-production team. Outlander Stars has their official Outlander podcast, and in this week's episode of their podcast, they go into amazing detail and answer all of your burning questions as to why Droughtlander takes as long as it does. Guys, hear me out. You guys have to go and check out this episode of the official Outlander podcast. Every burning question answered in the history of Droughtlander. Everything makes so much sense. Do yourself a solid and check it out. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all our latest episodes and join our community group on Facebook at the Fangirls Podcast. See you next time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Showtime, Netflix, The CW, Prime Video, Fox Searchlight Pictures, Amazon, Outlander, or Stars, or any of the actors, writers, producers that we spoke about during this episode. We're just very dedicated fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.